What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Promo code HAM working everywhere today. EaseandEaseWellness.com. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. BoxOfAwesome.com. Promo code HAM. SeatGeek.com. Promo code HAM. And MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. Now to the segment. You know, like NBA teams, you always say there, there's no such thing as a six-man. There's no such thing as role players, you know, when your team sucks. That just has the Warriors right now. You know, on good football teams, and maybe this is the nature, on good football teams, to be good, you're going to have a lot of people contribute. It's not like the Nationals. They won the World Series. A lot of guys contributed. For the most part, Rendon, Soto, Scherzer, and Strasburg fucking dominated. In football, throughout a season, you're going to need, like, you know, gunners to force fumbles, backup corners to pick balls. The 49ers, it doesn't seem like they really have that many shitty players, you know? No, so two things I'll say. One, Howie Kendrick did hit two of the most – like his combination of postseason home runs is, I mean, on just incredible. Extra yeah. innings against the Dodgers. And but, that, right? but, but, for the, but Howie has been a relatively famous player for, for sure. a long time. For sure. But to your point, Ross Dwelly had four catches for 29 yards, no touchdowns. His longest reception went for 11. If he puts that game together as a member of – that the Miami Dolphins against the Jets, no one even no notices. one notices. But when you do it in big spots, first of all, it says more about you. It's just those are harder. You're on a better team, so you got onto the field. Maybe against the Jets as a Dolphin, he has nine catches for a hundred yards. I don't know, but probably not. Probably not. Role players on good teams make big plays. Role players on bad teams just make hollow plays. You know, it's it all doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Count. Well, it's all empty exactly. That's a good point. 
True that. So, yeah, and that man, was the I one just, thing tonight. Like I, I left thinking, that if this is the worst team in the division, which it is, it shows you how good the division is because this team is way better than like the Redskins, the Bengals, a lot of those teams, right? Like I, I don't think the Cardinals are terrible at all. I I don't love no, I, like I hate the offense, and I texted you. I hate the spread. And I'm acknowledging, like, I'm not acting like it doesn't work or it can't function. I just, like, if I was a diehard Cardinals fan, the thing that would piss me off is clearly Kyler is pretty decent, and this spread is not going to change, right? This is going to be something they're at minimum going all in for the next three or four years, right? Like, you're, and especially you're, you're seeing it kind of work, so you're not going to go away from it. Like, I, you just have to watch that would suck. That's, I guess that's my main takeaway. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing you watch thinking, did you feel like he could have run more? Uh, should have well, run more, maybe well, is the well, better question. I'd say this, when I've watched the last couple games back, I think one thing he already knows is his greatest attribute is actually his arm because it's just he can throw ropes. So he kind of goes, you're right, I, I, think in, I think he could always run more because he is just pretty fast. Yeah. But he can kind of keep plays alive, Russ Wilson style. But he's got a stronger arm than Russ in terms of like he can just throw like that twenty yard rope and get it to a guy pretty fast. So it almost behooves him. Like yeah, he can get six or eight yards probably whenever. But I think he already has a pretty good feel. Like if my guys are thirty yards down the field, like I can fucking hit guys. You know that's. I think that's the one thing that separates him. That honestly, guy, I left kind of thinking this guy's not going to go away. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be mm-hmm. some star or anything, but he, you leave that game going, yeah, this, they got something there. You know, I, 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 I was pretty impressed tonight with him. Yeah, I, my, the, the, I think you're right. I think the the way I kind of looked at it, like was, the one touchdown he threw to the Fresno State he, guy was a classic. That, yeah, Keyshawn was, was that a two pointer or was? Oh, that was his touchdown. That was a two point. Uh, the two pointer was the no, quick I think, one. Was like a quick out, and they the same him. guy. They, yeah. No, they hit it to Drake, and he just walked in the end zone. But the touchdown to Keyshawn, to me, is a classic Russell. Where you're like, is he going to run? Was that in the? Where was that? Was that in the back of the end zone? Yeah, he ran all the way across the field, and then he hit him in the corner okay. of the back of the end zone. But Kyler just threw a rope because when he throws it, Keyshawn's already probably like ten yards away from the white. Like it's not like he's in the middle of the end zone. He, but he, he's throwing, you know, 99-mile-an-hour fastballs. It gets there pretty fast. I Can't you see Billy watching this game going, God damn, this guy's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I – um, the way I kind of watched him was if if this team is the worst team in the division for the next three years, four years, whatever, the Cardinals, They're gonna that guy couldn't off. just – Yeah, because like, he can just – and all of a sudden it's a close game and he just might make a few like you give him the ball back he just might make a few plays well, well think about he just this. might make some plays and your guys are tired and that's it, it did feel to me like that the short weeks are to catch up with their defense i thought late they and they had gassed. they were getting banged up they were, they were getting hurt dropping like flies um, but and it's just now if you give him an inch like he can just make plays so i'm with you like well he, now the one thing you would say finish i was gonna make a coaching comment no no i was gonna go to kyle and cliff so go ahead well i would say this for the cardinals where they're already kind of feisty mainly because of him but look who they were rolling out that would be kind of the scary thing like what if they do get some upgrades 
because th- their running back tonight, they as they said tonight, I mean, they traded for him on Monday. So he'd been there 48 hours. Who's their best wide receiver? You know, uh, Keyshawn Johnson? Uh, I mean, Drake had 52 yards catching. I know Isabella had the one catch for 88 yards, but mm-hmm. – you know, Larry's Fitz just the ultimate. was their best. Receiver. He's a role player. Like yeah. they're they're not exactly rolling out. Christian Kirk had two catches for eight yards. You'd say the Niners group of Emmanuel Sanders, Kittle, and Debo is way better than anything they got. They would die for like a Tevin Coleman, literally. I mean, they they probably wanted. I mean, they traded for Drake because all their running backs are out. So this, I'm not saying the Niners got lucky at all tonight because they were in complete control. But this team's a little different, right, if that Edmonds guy that had been going nuts and David Johnson, like, they were missing some people. And you mm-hmm. can see that, like, once they kind of start gashing you a little bit, it keeps you on your toes with that spread. Again, I fucking hate it. And I can imagine Richard thinking, like, God, we don't – you know, this is kind of BS. I mean, we see this once a year. I mean, now twice a year. I, I could see where playing that offense, you're just not as used to the, the spread. You know, I mean, they were legitimately, it felt like a kind of a college four or five wide, which is smart because, but like you said, it's smart if you're going to let him really run, because but he's not really running. So to me, it kind of neutralizes some of their advantages because he probably could have ran. Like when you watch Lamar, Lamar's always just taken off. Kyler maybe got spooked a little bit because the two guys were, the, the Oregon guys and D got him on the one uh, the horse collar. I, I think he realized that was on the on the first drive that you missed. He scrambled and D Ford fucking caught him, but he but he but he was like five feet away, chased him down, but he grabbed you know the horse collar and and yanked Kyler and Kyler flew to the ground, and they called the penalty. But I was like, God damn, Kyler's gonna learn fast. Some of these guys in this league can run just with you, and I, I wonder if that spooked him a little bit that he was getting caught. Because the Niners' great advantage, right? It, their team speed on defense is not really like many teams, even with their D line. D, I mean, D Ford off the line is. I think there's a penalty half the time he's in the backfield. So my God, why did everyone else stop? He was ass. <laughs> oh my God! And it, like he's, um, I if you if you sat him down and had a couple of beers, you'd be like, "Is this the best gig you've ever had?" Because he doesn't have to do any dirty work. He doesn't do any like Bosa's back there like. Running backs are hitting him on the side. He's like, God damn, this is hard. D Ford is just by himself on an island, and they're just like second and long, third and long. That's when he comes in, and you just rush. That's all he has to do, guy. And you get paid $50 million for it. It is a good gig. Now, he's good at it, so do he's. Do you uh, – I, I, we were talking about Super Bowl-level quarterbacking. I think we've we've seen pretty consistently Super Bowl-level Coaching, I know you loved just the aggressiveness at the end of the game from Kyle. I, going for the touchdown at the end of the first half, knowing you're going to get the ball first to start the second half, too. I love that. Got lucky on that first play call uh, because Cliff Kingsbury called that timeout. But I know you talked to uh, Carson Palmer on the three and out pod about Kyle. I just, I mean, you remember there was that period of time where all the players were complimenting Kyle and everyone was like, yeah, but. You have to be a head coach, and it feels like all that stuff's kind of gone. That, yeah. He wears the sweetest hat of any NFL head coach. He looked. He looked in his. He calls the sweetest place. Hey, he does. <laughs> you want to hear what Carson had to say about him? Yeah. Okay. One, one more quick one. You have a favorite offensive coordinator in the league? 
a guy that you didn't play for, just someone that you watched. That's me, by the way. That you've yeah. known through, you know, acquaintances <laughs> or former players or former coaches. Do we have permission really to play like this? That you're, and he, he might yes. even be yeah. head coach because a lot of them obviously now are head coaches, play callers. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, what I, I since from his days with Matt Schaub and and uh, and just the group they had um, in in Houston um, to what he did when he went to Cleveland for a minute, and then now what he's doing in, in San Francisco. You know, he just the run game is so good the play action is so good the bootlegs are so good there's so many it's really hard to find when you're watching an NFL game easy completions yeah and when you watch the San Francisco 49ers play there's a lot of easy completions and screens are easy completions um, but there's also digs that you can throw and over routes that where the ball's traveling 25 yards in the air that are easy completions because guys are that open and and just tune into one you know you, you can watch games all Sunday long and wait for the Monday night game where, where San Francisco's playing. And you can watch all day long and see very, watch every game and see very few easy completions, uh, a handful of easy completions. But you see three or four every week, every game when the 49ers play. So being a quarterback, I know how hard it is to throw difficult, very, very. Is that a humble brag? Like, yeah, Carson, we know you're a quarterback. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just really quick. My take after talking to Carson for a while, he's just he's like a bigger version of Romo, like guy's guy knows a shitload about football and just players in general. And just I mean, I think he and again, I think he's made so much money and clearly he's moved to Idaho. I don't think he'd want to do it, but I think he's a sleeper guy for like someone to call games. Just he has the right temperament and he's kind of loose, but he's cool. But he knows his shit, and he you know he yeah, studies he cool. hard. I, I think he'd be good, but clearly these quarterbacks get a because I think Carson would say you know all the plays you were talking about the muddy pocket throws. He'd be like, "Welcome to the NFL, right? <laughs> like that's that's playing quarterback. That's why you get all this money in the NFL." But they they like whoa George Kittle's that open that guy. Like uh, Aikman was saying on the one Tevin Coleman dropped, at, Troy does not just throw this out very easy. He's like, no, I think, I, I think yes. he might have scored. <laughs> you know, like they had it dialed, and he dropped it. It would have been like an eighty-yard touchdown. Yeah, and that's, and I think that's where Carson's like at the end of the game when Middlecoff and fucking Haberman are talking about Jimmy's game. All you, you, I mean, you talk about the different plays, but you just pull up his. Well, he was thirty of forty for four hundred yards. You don't remember that, you know, on that play. Tevin did all the – it was Tevin and Kyle. That That's where the the screen game that, you know, I think Andy's elite at it. Kyle is – you know, I think Andy gets the most credit. I, I don't think Kyle's quite there yet just because he hasn't played in enough of these, like, where everyone's watching. And tonight, I mean, the guy drops it. But the, his screen game calls guy, are, there's got to be as good as anyone in the league. I, I think I have as much – confidence in him when there's a big when it's a fourth and short or whatever the case is and that's why it was funny to see them get stuffed on that play that didn't actually occur at the end of the first half because it it felt to me so unlike what ends up happening to Kyle do, but, but do you think you like on that calls, one where you just run a pretty basic just up the gut play because I think sometimes everyone wants the bells and whistles do a play action boot corner end zone 
I think sometimes some of these guys, why don't we just run right up the gut and see if we can get it? But yeah. When it, when, yeah it doesn't, I just, when it doesn't work, you're like, why'd they do that? But I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I always have so much confidence in whatever he's about to call now. I just believe it's going to work. Me too. That's you know it was just so it was weird to see a play in a big moment not work, and he got bailed out. So great, and then he made something else work. But you're right. Like you think about the number of times Jimmy throws the ball down the field, like 12, 13, 14, 15 yards, and when you can't see the receiver when the ball comes out of his hands. Like to Carson's point, I just have this feeling this ball's in the air. This guy's going to be open, I, I, <laughs> and, he, and he is. I mean this with all respect to this guy and his teams because, like, if the 94 Niners were my favorite team, these teams were right there with them, even though they didn't win. I love the Harbaugh 49ers. But we didn't really watch the Harbaugh 49ers and think, like, even Kaepernick's big runs, they were running like they were running the pistol, but we've you and I have been watching the pistol for fucking 10 years before that, right? We'd been seeing it forever. It's pretty basic. It's just hard to stop. We never felt like, God, they're just – it's like Bill Walsh. They don't know what's coming. It was just, no, Bowman, Willis, Justin, those guys are crushing people, and Vic's dominating, and then Harbaugh's just running it down people's throats. This team, I would imagine some of the people that like love Walsh, and you're seeing a lot of these clips because of the Ronnie, I think, Football Life's tomorrow, and the Walsh clips, and then Montana's like the guy who's just a genius. You kind of get that feel with Kyle because the Niners are really talented, and they got some guys on defensive line, but the, you – you know, when they beat guys up front, maybe every once in a while it looks like Buckner or Armstead tossed the guy. But even Bosa just kind of flies by a guy. It's more, on offense, it feels a little bit like, God, we're just out thinking people every week. Like, that's how you kind of look at Kyle Shanahan. He's just, he's using his mind to outthink you. And, like tonight, Kittle on the first play of the of offense gets his knee banged up. And it just... It was hard to tell on TV because he kept coming back in, but people kept tweeting like he's on his knees on the sideline. He's clearly in pain, right? And Troy, Troy was a little over the top. Yeah, Troy. I think most football fans was doing it. If you're just a fan of any team, you've experienced losing a tackle and it's a disaster. He's like, I don't think people understand. You're on your four. Yes, Troy. We do understand. Like it's it's remarkable. Literally every football fan's like, yes, Troy. I get it. We've all lost tackles and seen. Jonathan Martin version on every football fan for every team. Every single one's seen it. So it's, I will all say, you gotta say, I, I is don't think you sport. can. You don't I don't think, think you can overemphasize that point. <laughs> I, know. I, I know, but you agree that the most football fans do understand the severity of losing or starting both tackles. Yeah, but I think why? <laughs> but I think that there, I, I do think we get it. But I think it's one of those things you forget how terrible it is until it happens. Yeah, like we I, don't think about the tackles. No, I would say that. Unless they're great or if they're terrible. You could argue these last three or four games. I don't care about the opponents. Guy, they're playing with an AAF guy that actually is making blocks. And even Troy's like, there's Brunskill again. Like The AAF guy makes blocks. Guy, it's you're right. Maybe, maybe it can't be overstated enough. It's nuts. How did Kyle Shanahan keep scoring points with backup tackles? I mean, I wrote an article... From buddies in the South that have no dog in the fight. Like, most people have him graded as a six-round pick, six-seventh-round pick. That's where he got drafted, so it's not like people look like idiots. They said, listen, like, I, this is crazy this guy has to play. And this, I'm not even talking about the AAF guy. I'm talking about the left tackle. And you just yeah. – he got beat on the one, 
But look who beat him. It was Joe Staley. And then Aikman was like, I, I, I was like, I hope Staley's like, wife's not watching. He's like, Kyle even told us that Joe Staley, when he's healthy, can't even block this guy. I'm like, that's a vote of confidence. But, I mean, it's not, obviously. I mean, Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And in fairness to Kyle, Chandler's, I think, like last year, didn't he have a game where he had like four sacks against like uh, C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins? I remember being pretty ugly in one of the San Francisco games. But, yeah, it's just it's a remarkable feat to operate with your two left tackles. I mean, guy, I, they showed the injury list. It's one thing to just be missing a couple starters. I mean, Staley's and McGlinch are two of their best players. check is like kind of this engine that makes their thing go. And even Weatherspoon, it'd be one thing, well, he's a he's an outside linebacker or something. He was a starting corner, you know? Usually when you lose starting corners, that guy gets hits exposed. And they just really haven't skipped a beat at all. They're real they're Have you really seen anything well coached. on Quan Quan Alexander? Did I as what? We record here? Quan Alexander. Did you see any update on Chest injury? You you were just you I I saw Twitter freaking out during the game and you said well, everyone's I, freaking out. I just saw him walking around. Why? Well, Cuz I saw him on the uh on the sideline. So you made me feel better. But but you're right. I mean cuz Mayoko's right. Mayoko, because it looks as if Quan Alexander has his shoulder pads off and is sitting on the bench. Like I just saw him on the bench and talking with guys. To me, if you have Terrier Peck, you don't just come, you don't just take your pads off and then hang out there, do you? Feels like usually that guy disappears. Or am I nuts? No, you might be right about that. Like to me, maybe he just has like a deep chest bruise or maybe a broken rib or okay. something. Uh, but man, you got to, that's. The 49ers have some level of optimism, see, concerning linebacker Quan Alexander chest injury. injury. It was not diagnosed immediately as a torn pec, which would be season-ending injury. He will undergo an MRI on Friday to determine that. So, so it still might be. He appears to have good range of motion. I, my, my, the thing that I refuse to put a red flag on, when you tear your pec, you do not come back out of the locker room. Like, J.J. Watt was gone for the game. I, I mean, we've seen it happen to countless players. You're just gone. Because that's a, I mean, I think you're in major pain. I mean, you're fucked. Where he was just, when he was on the lot, I saw him smile when Richard was like yelling at someone, you know, for the, he might have been yelling at Fred Warner for the blown pass. Uh, or was it, was it E-Man? E-Man got a little greedy. I think he thought he could get a, another pick and it was a little high. And then all of a sudden, you know, in, you know, in football, where there's a split second, you're like, oh, this is going to be like a 30-yard gain. And then you realize, yeah. oh, my God, he's going to – they're fucked. Because when they both kind of overrun the angle and then the safety right. was like two feet away from Richard, and then you realize, I don't know if there's another safety on the other side of the field. And then Jimmy's running for his life. That, that was just – I give the Cardinals credit. That was pretty just cool explosive play. It was. No, it was. It made the game. And I, in fairness, for an entertainment standpoint, it like made you kind of keep watching. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I just, to me, at the end, for all, there's all this stuff. This to me, I was just, I've just been thinking about it as we've been talking on Ky- Jimmy Ky- John. Kyle agrees I just, with this. Best game. They, they, uh, Branch just tweeted out Kyle and Jimmy. I thought Jimmy played a hell of a game. His best game yet, probably. Hashtag forty nine. <laughs> I'll say it like this. To me, it felt like this was the game that we've been talking about, that he did it. Now, obviously, he didn't do it by himself, but it was the game where the defense did give up some big plays, 
and they did have to make throws. The running game was not going to win them the football game. And he did it. He did it on Thursday night. Him. He, the, he was the number one reason they won that football game. Completely, Jimmy Garoppolo. Completely agree. I, I thought he made some throws that were fucking remarkable. Like, if you were just – if you were watching – you know, Packers, Vikings, and Rodgers said it. Like, everyone everyone would be tweeting, like, Rodgers at it again. Rodgers slinging that pill, you know. And it, But Jimmy was getting some of that tonight. Like, I saw a lot of people tweeting, like, just the Lewis Riddicks of the world, the Peter King, like, Jimmy, hashtag, you know, fire emojis type things. Because he's making throws that you don't – that are just eye-opening for football fans, you know. No, like, like, just, Car- like Carson they're... said, you know, sometimes I think you and I – and just – People and I, a lot of people just I think not. They don't think Jimmy's not good. They just they see these guys wide open. And if you just watch football all Sunday, you know that's not normal. You know because the Niners, I think Carson said it perfectly. It's not just it doesn't happen just once a game, guy. It, it for the most part, especially on a full week, Kyle's getting three, four, five big plays wide open. You're like this is this is a joke. I, people, someone tweeted at me tonight. They're like. Why are these holes so big running the ball? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know how Kyle does it. I mean, he's in, uh, he's, he's got Brunskill looking like uh, Anthony Munoz. I mean, they're just road grading. And it's not Haberman playing defensive end. It's Terrell Suggs and Chandler Jones, and they just have huge holes. Buda Baker was playing his ass off, though. I'll give him that. I mean, God, is he just Honey Badger all over again? That, that, I honestly thought he was Honey Badger for a split second. Where's thirty two? Was he that just good? In jumps Wa- at pile. Was he that good in Washington? Yeah, he was pretty good. Was that his style? Like that type guy? Just kind of frenetic, blowing. I don't remember up. him making. I mean, yeah, I feel like maybe he was a little more kind of just buckled down on defense. Maybe you know what I mean? Like almost like they didn't let him be quite that extreme, just everywhere all the time. But so they made the playoffs with John Ross Pettis. Buda Baker, Kevin King, and Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones, yeah. So they had an av- – and the Will Disley. I mean, they had an absolutely loaded team of pros, right? couple offensive linemen. Am, am um, I missing someone? Is there a linebacker? No, I don't uh, was think so. Vita Vea on that team? He would have been – Like a sophomore or something? Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have been on that team. So, so, I mean, they were pretty stacked with, like, first and second round players. Yeah. And, and pretty good ones. Like, you watch Buda Beck, you're like, well, that guy could play for any team. Well, yeah. I mean, Byron Murphy tonight. He's another one. Made that bid pass break up. Yeah. He's pretty physical, too. Um, he is. He is. Uh, I Honestly, guy, I left thinking, like, you know, I, I don't really hate this Cardinals team. <laughs> no, they're they're watchable. Big time. Do you do you think – one thing I laughed about was once upon a time not that long ago. How did they win eight game straight games both, against the Niners? Isn't that kind of nuts? Uh, they were good. Well, I know, but just eight straight – that means four straight years of sweeping them. I know. Uh, once upon a time there was an NFL game where both coaches wore suits. And tonight might have been the first NFL game where both coaches' ankles were exposed the whole the whole game. Both wear pants that did not cover their ankles and ankle socks or no-show socks in the case, I think. Of Was Cliff, Cliff wearing the same like style it. pants as Kyle, like the same version for just no, the Cardinals? No. So Kyle wears the ones that have like the 
cuff at the bottom. I think. Well, Kyle wears like what <laughs> NBA players wear, like sweatpants. Yes, but they're you know they're just like you say cuffed, but they stop like a couple inches before your ankle. They look good Cliff if you're skinny. Wears regular pants either not long enough to reach his ankles on purpose or potentially rolled up, I'm not sure. I think they just might be intentionally not long enough to cover his shoe. When you're skinny like Kyle, it on it looks like he's dressed up. He's literally wearing sweatpants, right? Yeah, they, Freddie Kitchens is like, I can't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, they might not I'm wearing, be... I'm wearing the same thing. They actually might be like, like kind of windbreaker material. For Kyle's pants, or you think they're sweatpants like material? I no, I think there's like an in between now. That they're like a kind of a dry luxury fitty. sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. dry fitty. Can you pull it off if you're chubby or short, or do you have to have that body type to pull it off? Because I see a lot of I, NBA I, players I, pull it off pretty well. Yeah, I think it's harder. I think but it's harder. Could you? Pull, not, uh, I have a pair, and I don't pull them off that well. Not exactly no, like Kyle's. I, they're a little older, like uh, they're joggers. I think that's what they're called, like joggers, yeah. right? Yeah, You're, I've never, I have not tried. Like if you were Probably gonna, won't. if you were gonna be like Rocky, and is it cold in New York right now? Uh, no, you know it's been raining, but it's like seventy degrees. So if it was like forty degrees and you wanted to go for an outside jog, you would wear something like those. Do you think Kyle yeah, get, but it, works out, or is he just naturally kind of skinny? I think he has a lot of energy to burn, yeah. Do you would, think Cliff, would you get, would you guess do you like think he Cliff does has like slept 30, 45 minutes on the elliptical every day? Because I'm not sure. I feel like he just... You think he just powers through? Does how he, would he stay skinny? Do you think Cliff has slept? Do you think Cliff has slept in the last three months? He looks pretty stressed out. I think, oh he, I think he looks... Well, he had the one guy... Did you notice the guy next to him with the, like the longer, scruffier hair? Kind of no. had he kind of had like uh, the Alabama hair, like it's really poofy. It's a guy that I remember always being next to him at Texas Tech, so it's clearly like one of his guys. Like, do, does he have a lot of guys on his staff? Like, you look around, like Kyle's got NFL guys. I mean, do they have guys on their staff that you know can just be like, if I just walk up to one of them, like, give me the strengths and weaknesses on Emmanuel Sanders. Like, if I went to Andy Reid right now, and that's a bad example, but. I went to Robert Sala. I mean, a guy that's hasn't been in the league that long, and I just say, "Hey, what are the strengths and weaknesses on player X on just an offensive player around the league?" Robert Woods or uh, Sammy Watkins. Like he could rattle it off. When you just haven't done something, there is like you're just when you're going to call Pac-12 games, you just have been doing the Pac-12 basketball games for a while. Like you have a decent idea of the coaches that have been around. Like you just know shit about them. Like those guys just don't know like. Hey Cliff, what's uh? Obviously, you're gonna know Nick Bosa, but like, do you know Buckner in and out? Like, what he's good at, what he's not, or even like Quan Alexander, who had you obviously never coached against. He hasn't been in the division. Like, what's his deal? You know, you like ask Andy, what's Quan, or Sean Payton or Bill Belichick? Like, what what do you think, Quan Alexander? Give me his strengths and weaknesses. They could do it like that. Now that doesn't mean like they could give it to you the level of if they were playing him, but they would just know that there is a level right. of when when you transition. I, I think it's, like, underappreciated how much information, just no matter how fucking smart you are, you're just not going to know. Like, think about how long Kyle's been in the league. That if you go, hey, Kyle, what are the strengths and weaknesses on every Buda Baker to Chandler Jones, even before they played him? He could give you a cliff note version of, like, 
of just nerdy shit that I, you know, Scout might not even be able to tell you. Like, you know, he on certain things, on bootlegs, he's more likely to – just stuff like that he just can naturally go. So when he goes in the game plan, when he goes in, especially – like, this is a good example. This week, where time is not your friend, that you can just lean on a couple things. Of like, yeah, we played him, you know, five years ago when he was in New England. He was, he's been, like, doing this since this. Mm-hmm. Think, think of the disadvantage. And honestly, I like, like – Everything I've heard about Cliff, I think he's a high-level guy. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he's not like he's not like he looks. I don't think he's just chasing around women and partying. Now, he might be chasing around women, but I actually think they chase around him. I think he's a grinder. But th- there is just – it's going to be really difficult because by the time that maybe he can get this going, it might be too late, right? Like think, think of how – think of the uphill battle he's fighting. You know, just the nature of time's not really on your side. Now, the one thing he has going for him is they let him draft this quarterback, so they might just give him four or five years with the quarterback. But he just – the problem is that four-year rotation, you're playing a lot of different teams over those four years, right? So you're not seeing a lot of carryover. Like, Bill's, Bill's been in the league for 40 years, 45 years. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to get five years. I'm just telling – It's hard to get four years I worked in the NFL progress. for three years – and I scouted. Like, I, all I was consumed with were the players. It is overwhelming how many players are coming in and out of the league. And keeping it, – it's crazy. Like, it's it just – it's hard. And he doesn't get to, like, think about them all because he's so laser-focused during the week on that one team where, like, a new GM from, you know – or that would be a bad example, but just, like, whoever, you know, the – Steve Keim hires a right-hand guy from college – he has time because every week he can look at whatever he wants. Where Cliff just, he's kind of laser focused whoever they're playing. So it's not like he gets to keep track on everyone in the league. Or somehow Belichick, it feels like, watches every game. But because he just, like when Guy Haberman gets ready to call a game. It, he's, more, he's more efficient because he can, he can watch less and know what he's saying. I always go back to, yeah. you remember this, being in the green room at Comcast with um, Gary St. Jean. And you'd be sitting there with him. I'd just done Kings and you'd just done Sports Talk Live and just hanging out or whatever. Maybe you're about to do some football stuff. And we'd be sitting there just BSing and neither one of us would know what was happening in the game. Saint would be over there reading the newspaper. I would have not seen him look up for more than three seconds and he would know everything that's happened. He just, you just, just more efficient, right? You can see the end of a play and know how it happened because you saw everything. You just see it. Well, think about this. And, that's a good that, example because Saints just, been around the NBA. Incredible. Saints been around the NBA now for like fifty years. So in the NBA, he doesn't have to see the whole elevator screen to know it was an elevator screen. But he also knows like if it's if you're playing a certain team and who the player is, he's seen that player so many times. Like think about Cliff. One thing I don't think people realize is college coaches don't really get to watch NFL games because on Sunday, like. Do NFL coaches just watch a bunch of, like, TV on Monday? No, they work. Like, college coaches Sunday is basically a normal per, um, uh, NFL coaches, you know, Monday. So Sunday to them is just re-watching the tape. They usually have, a you know, a walkthrough. Then they start game planning on their next opponent. Like, you're not a Texas Tech. I don't think he's spending much time watching NFL games on Sunday. He's just too busy getting ready for Texas or Oklahoma or – you know, going through shit he's got to do. He works. His his transition, given that 
Like if Lincoln got the job, the difference would be, well, it's Lincoln Riley. We're going to give him whatever he needs. Like, are they truly going to give Cliff whatever he needs? Like, is, is Steve Kime? I mean, God, Steve, you look terrible. Uh, I, I, honestly, he doesn't look healthy, guy. He, he doesn't look healthy at all, Steve Kime. Looks, it looks like he's put on another 50 pounds. And he's a big guy, but I, I, that picture today was like, jeez. Uh, Camera ads. It does, true. Very true. Is, is, is Steve Kime going to be there in a couple years? Like, that's where it could get weird. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 